1: the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message.
0: Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm lifting my phone because I've got the Harvest Church Mobile app where I can literally read the entire Bible for one year the same Bible reading plan that I literally use it is in the mobile app so I want to encourage you to do that. Come on everybody, let's say it together. For God's glory this is my best year yet to the word I'm about to hear. I believe, I obey, I manifest and that settles it in Jesus name. amen. So God we tell you that we are open and we are ready. Speak Lord come on 9:15 tell them say speak Lord, I'm open and I'm ready father we cast down every care at your feet because you care for us and we thank you that you're going to speak to us with power you're going to speak to us with clarity i pray that we get a strength from this word today i pray that we get a fight from this word today i pray that we be equipped to leave offline or leave this building ready to conquer this week we speak favor even over this new week that we are in Today is the 22nd. Come on here y'all. And 22 is the number of witness. It means I'm going to see something amazing. Can I get you in 915 to speak this over your week say I'll see something amazing this week. Say God's going to blow my mind this week. I'll see it for myself. In Jesus name. I can go deeper. 5 is the biblical number of grace. Twenty-two means you're going to see it twice it's 522 22 I just need you to speak this over yourself say God's biggest miracle of my life say I prophesy it into this week come on 915 say God's biggest breakthrough in my life I prophesy it into this week in Jesus name now just for those you got radical faith can i get you to go fist bump two or three people and say this week is gonna blow your mind gonna blow your mind online type it in the comments gonna blow your mind if you don't have faith for anything don't touch anybody don't speak to anybody but for those of us that believe we're about to see god blow up come on put it in the atmosphere right now. hallelujah Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. So we are in our series called Let's Start Over, Scratch That Better. And I taught you at the beginning of this series that you have to get used to that phrase, scratch that, because there's several things you're gonna have to scratch out from your life. You're gonna have to scratch out negativity. You're going to have to scratch out fear. You're going to have to scratch out debt. You're going to have to scratch out doubt. You're going to have to scratch out people that don't mean you well. You're going to have to scratch out a telephobia. That's not feeling like you're good enough. I I don't know who needs to hear this at the beginning of this message, but you got what it takes. Come on. I don't know who needs to hear that at the beginning of this message, but you are well able to do anything that's in front of you. What if I told you that you're so well able that you have been under attack for the last several weeks Why? because the enemy recognizes that the moment you wake up to the ability that's in you, you're about to shake heaven, hell, and earth. I wish you'd encourage somebody next to you and tell them, say, you got this because God's got you. Oh, you're about to be like the Apostle Paul that said, I can do all things, watch me, not through myself, not through my education, not through my knowledge, not through my finances, not through my background, not through my pedigree, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Somebody say, I can do all things. On Wednesday, I taught you literally how to pray better, Uh, and we learned that when relationships with people can be better, after your relationship with God is better, and prayer literally is our clear communication with God. Now, in us communicating clearly to God, let me be honest, God has already clearly communicated his will to us. Many people get worried and frustrated and anxious about God's will. What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my family? How many of you, you've ever kind of sat in a place of wondering what is God's will for your life? Or can I be honest? He's already been clear. Look at John 14 and 12. He says this, anyone who believes in me as Savior, anybody believe in him today? Now now listen, if you don't, before the end of this message, you will be, so this verse will apply to you. Anybody who believes in me as Savior, this feels good in here to me. Anybody who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. Stop. That means everything you saw Jesus do, you can do. I need you to stop walking around here like you're some victim or like you're some bump on the law or like you're some powerless individual. The Bible says, Jesus said, everything you saw me do, you can do it. Jesus healed blinded eyes. I need you to know not only do you not have to be blind, but you got the power to be healing for somebody else. You're not listening to me because you'd be responding differently. Everything that you saw him do, you have the ability to do yourself. Jesus took two fish and five loaves of bread. What does that mean? It did not look like they had what they needed, but he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. I'm going to tell some of y'all what you're looking at doesn't look like it's enough to get what you need to get done. But can I tell you, the same Jesus you read about that took a little and turned it into much, Open up your mouth and say, I can do the same thing. Jesus was walking on water. Guess what? Water represents spirit in the Bible. That means for some of you, you're going to feel like, especially in the half, the second half of this year, you're going to feel like you're walking, watch me, on water. What does that mean? I'm walking on spiritual things, which means I started a business not because it was a good business idea, but because it was something I got in church, and I got a spiritual download that gave me the ability to begin walking. For some of you, you're about to start walking in territory you've never walked on before. See, the walk on water means I'm doing something I've never done before. And can I tell you, if you want what you never had, you're going to have to do what you've never done. The same Jesus you saw walk on water, he was giving you a preview so that you can do it for yourself. Open your mouth. Say, I'm walking on water this year. Say it again. I'm walking on water this year. Say, I'll do something I've never done. I'll do something I've never done I'll go somewhere I've never gone you ready? I'll purchase something I've never purchased and speak this in the atmosphere Saying, I'll pay cash cause I'm walking if y'all don't show me walking cause I'm walking on water I just need some water walkers in this building come on say it again say I'm walking on water you're about to be the first one in your bloodline and you're gonna be out there by yourself. But can I tell you, whatever you saw him do, lay your hands on yourself, say, I can do it too. You're about to live in two cities, you walking? You're about to see your whole family get saved, you walking? I wish I had somebody at this 915 say, I saw him do it. Say, watch me do it. look at me look at what Jesus said Jesus says all the things you see me do you're going to do those things so literally Jesus was your preview you missed it he wasn't the movie he's the preview which means you and I we are the sequel I don't like the doubt I feel in this room Because see, for some of you, watch me, you're going to go into your job tomorrow. And when you go in there tomorrow, you literally are about to walk on some water. I heard this for three of you. I don't know whether you're on campus or online. You're about to create a position for yourself that did not... If you think you might be one of them, just open up your mouth and say, I'm walking on water. Uh. Everything that you saw Jesus do, you literally, look at what he says, uh, will also do the things that I do. So Jesus took betrayal and he bounced back from it. Some of you, you, you are still mad who did you wrong. And as long as you hold on to them, you can't embrace your future so you need to pick which one you want do you want to live in your past or do you want to embrace your future because you cannot do both of them once Jesus recognized who Judas was you want to know what Jesus did he said scratch that mark translation he said "Listen, listen I'll just find somebody else instead of fighting with you to be what I need you to be stop trying to fix people and stop trying to fight people to be what it's clear they do not want to be for you he says, all these things that I do, look at the next part of the verse because this is where it gets juicy. And he will do, who is the he? Anyone who believes. Watch me. The only prerequisite for this is I have to believe he's my savior. You're not listening. So you can do, but if I just knew some more Bible, if I knew some more this, if I knew some more of this, this, if I knew this, if I knew this, I got to do this. Mm, the only prerequisite for this verse is I just have to believe He's my Savior. What did He save me from? He saved me from dying and going to hell. He saved me from living on earth in hell. Watch me. And He saved me from putting myself in a hellacious situation. If you know He's your Savior on campus or online, can I just get you to lift your hands for five seconds and give your Savior a sacrifice of praise? Go. Five. Four. Three. Come on, nine fifteen. Two, one, say, He's my Savior. So watch this verse. This verse says that the only prerequisite for you to become the He that's in the B part of the verse is you got to believe He's your Savior. And He, say, That's me. That's me. I don't even like how weak you said that. Say that thing with authority. Say, That's me. That's me. And He will do, watch this verse, even greater things than these what these what he did yeah, 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 yeah. so what does Jesus do when he walks up on his friend Lazarus that's dead that has been now sitting in the grave to the point to where his body is decomposing what does Jesus do Jesus walks up on a dead situation and the Bible says for a moment he wept one of the shortest verses in the Bible other than say or amen and it says Jesus wept which means God says I give you permission to have a human moment but you cannot stay there My will for you is that you cry at 10 o'clock, but by 10.01, you're praying like I prayed. Father, you hear me, and I know that you always hear me, but I'm saying all of these things out loud for the people that are around me, why? Because everybody in my circle is about to see a miracle. Watch me, watch me. They saw me weeping over it at one moment, but in the next moment, they're gonna see me rejoicing over the same thing that I was weeping over can I tell some of y'all what's about to happen for you starting this week God's about to hit action on your next he's about to hit action on your sequel and the same people that saw you weeping in one moment they're about to see you rejoicing in the next moment open up your mouth please and say I'm in my next he says greater things than these than the same thing that I saw him do will I do you're not listening because if you were, you would be responding like you heard what I said. Jesus said, I'm going to read it to you one more time and then I got to go. Anyone who believes in me as Savior, believers, wave your hand at me. Online, do the hand with your emoji, right? And in a moment, everybody going to be one. So he's going to apply to everybody, okay? As Savior, here's what's deep about this verse. He, he didn't even say that, that, you ready? He didn't even say that you had to mature to the point to where he's Lord. Bishop, what's the difference? See, when he's Lord, that means he runs your life. When he's Savior, that just means he saves your life. Watch me, which means if he's Savior and Lord, oh my God. See, I want to help some of y'all that people say, well, listen, you're too new to Jesus. Ain't nothing amazing going to happen for you. Or you just need to wait. No, God says, I'm not even going to wait for you to grow all the way up. I'm about to let you do greater things before you even get all the way grown. For those of you that believe that, watch me. I don't care whether it's been two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years. God's going to do something great through me. Open up your mouth and say he's going to do something great through me. Anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do and he will do even greater things than these. How? In extent and outreach. Wow, now that's interesting. So how? Somebody say how. how? Today's message is the answer to how. We're better together. Notice he says you're going to do greater things in extent and and in outreach say extent and in outreach pay attention this means that because there's more of us we will demonstrate more of him say extent and outreach so you're wiser should be than the generation before you which means you will do more in extent and outreach than they did See Jesus couldn't get on TikTok. Jesus couldn't get on Instagram. Jesus couldn't get on Facebook, but you and I can. Everywhere every time Jesus wanted to go to another city, he had to go he had to travel there. You and I can go to the world from the palm of our hands. You'll catch it in a moment. God says, you're alive today because you're going to do great things. Watch me. And not just great things, you're going to do greater things in extent and outreach because there's more of us than there was of them at that time. Somebody say, we're better together. Now look at Psalm 133. This is called a psalm of ascents or a song. A psalm and song are the same word of ascents. To ascend means to get better. Pay attention. Anytime God wants something to get better, he takes you through a process of ascension. Say ascension. Now, this is important to understand because most of us do not understand exactly how one ascends to get to something better. See, to have an ascent, you have to ascend, and to ascend, you have to first descend. If you think of an eagle, an eagle doesn't just step off of a branch, step off of a ledge and start flying. In fact, that's not even the way that an eagle works because eagles literally only have to flap their wings once and it can carry them for several miles. See, some of you, you've been working hard, but you've not been working, watch me, smart. But that's about to change for you. You're going to bust one move and that one move is going to carry you through the end. You're going to have one business idea and that one business... You're going to get one client and that one client, you're going to make one phone call and that one phone call is going to be your flap and it's going to carry you for hundreds and hundreds of miles to ascend. You have to first descend. So literally what, what, what happens is that literally when an eagle is getting ready to go into flight and the Bible likens you and I to eagle. So it says when an eagle is getting ready to go in flight, an eagle literally from wherever the eagle is perched, the eagle literally has to dive. Shut your mouth. Not literally, but, 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 but it's so good to me. See, for some of you, you don't even understand that your ascent has begun. Your better has begun. How do I know my better has begun? Because every better begins, watch me, with a descent. I'll talk over here because these people ain't saying that to me. How do I know that my better has already begun? Because when I look at it, it looks like I died. It looks like I went down but this is a temporary downturn this is a temporary descent why because i'm about to turn my i need you to act like you're excited about whatever areas of your life look like they descended look like they went down this descent is setting me up for my ascent, and things are about to get better i need you to five five two or three people around you just tell them better Online, you type it on the screen. Better. Better. So, so this psalm literally says, I'm going to take you to better. But to take you to better, I got to first, you ready? I got to first let it be brutal. To take you to better, I got to first let it be a burden. In order to get you in flight, I got to make you feel like you've been walking everywhere. Because to ascend, I first have to descend. Pay attention. So this entire psalm is a psalm or a song of ascents. To ascend means better. But my better always begins with a downturn. Your better circle, let me help you. You know better people are on their way in your life when people exit your life. I'm going to throw this mic at the whole middle section. How do I know? Because it starts with a descent. And some of you are like, what's wrong, God? Where are the people? Where are the people? And God is like, this is better. But to get you to better, I had to first let it descend. How do you know that your finances are getting ready to ascend? It's because certain things popped out of nowhere, and you're like, what is this? What is that? What is this? That means God says your seed is about to produce a harvest. I- How do you know things are about to get better in your family? It's because you want to snap, crackle, and pop over every last one of them. But that descent is telling you there's about to be an asset How do you know things are about to get better with your children? It's because you're like, God, it seems like the more I pray, the more these jokers lose their mind. Guess what? That descent is getting ready to lead you into an asset And I'm getting ready to move on, but I just got to make sure, don't you die in your descent. I need you to hold on, because if you hold on, your descent is going to turn into a us I just need for those of you that know you're doing it, just do this move right there. Do this move right there. I'm about to turn this thing. I'm about to turn this thing. I'm about to shift this thing. Come on, I need you to prophesy to your life. I'm about, this is what I'm doing. Starting from Sunday, watch me do it. Watch me go up. Somebody say, I'm ascending. Somebody say it again, I'm ascending. We got to go look so here's what he says behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell to brothers brothers dwell together in what unity this is important because if god wants to make something better he has to remove what is disunifying See, you can't get healed from cancer until we take the cancer out. You'll hear me. Watch me. We have to treat what's causing the issue so that it can no longer pollute the remainder of the body. You're going to hear me in a moment. He says, I got to make sure there's unity. Watch me. It is like the precious oil on the head. Stop. He says, listen, whenever I'm getting ready to make something better, I start with the head. See, here's why you should rejoice that God is doing something for your shepherd. Because if He does it for your shepherd, what does the Bible say? That oil is about to run down. You ain't got to say nothing, and I'm fine if you don't. But, but watch me. Is there anybody that can rejoice that God is going is doing something amazing in your shepherd's life on campus and online? Why? Because that means my house is next. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Say, my house is next. One more time. My house is next. Stop. So watch me. The oil can't run down if you're not in the body. The oil can't run down if you're not connected to the body. Look what the screen says. Look what the scripture says. It's like the person's oil on the head. Here it's referring uh, to Aaron, but it's the person's oil on the head running down. Say it runs down. down. Which means God says, I'm going to do it for your church and then do it for you. See, for some of you, watch me. This transcends church. This transcends spiritual principles. God says, I'll do it for your company. And I'll do it for you. I'll do it. Watch me. You may not even like your boss, but watch me. But if I do something for your boss, you need to say, well, I guess I must. My house is next. Look at verse 3. For there, where is there? Say, where is there? unity for there the lord has commanded the blessing i need you to listen very carefully to what commanded means say command Amen. god never gives suggestions he gives commands he's a general a general does not ask you to do that a general doesn't make requests a general gives directives a general gives commands so what does god say if i see unity watch me i'm gonna command the blessing What is the blessing? It is an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be whole. Pay attention. God says, I'm going to command empowerment to come to you. Let me see if I can say it another way. See, you call the house a blessing. That's not a blessing. That's a result of the blessing. The blessing was that you were empowered to go get what you wanted. So what does he say? When I see unity, I'm going to command empowerment at that place of unity. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure everything around me is in alignment and unity with me. Why? Because God says, when I see that, I'm going to command empowerment. I'm going to command blessing. I'm going to command keys to be put in your hand. Somebody said, a commanded blessing goes to a place called unity. So there's four areas that we need unity in, all right? And today is a message to everybody that's connected in any way, shape, form, or fashion to harvest. We need unity in four areas. Say four. Four is the biblical number of creativity. So I like it. Here it is. Number one, you need to see harvest. Hear me, church? We exist to change lives. Listen to me. Black lives, white lives, Asian lives, Hispanic lives, other lives. Tall lives, short lives, real hair lives. You bought it so it's real to you, hair lives. Tall lives, short lives, contact lives, glasses lives, in fitting in shape lives, juicy lives, wor- working on it lives. Every background, every pedigree, every socioeconomic status, everybody is included. Nobody is excluded. Hear me, especially if you've been saved for a while, this is not a Christian country club where you have to say it like this do it like this look like this be like this no we do not get our lives right to come to god we come to god and god will help us get our lives right i don't know about you but i'm excited to be a part of a church but one week i might be in a soup the next week i might be in joggers one week i may be sitting next to a phd next week i may be sitting next to somebody that's tatted all the way up somebody say everybody is included nobody is excluded this is important because we have to have unity on this because sometimes once you've been saved and serving for a while, you can begin to have an exclusive mentality. It's a us and them and it's not. There's a we. Come on, somebody say we are Harvest. As one church in global location. So what does this mean? When the Lord started having me to say this, I didn't know what it meant. And then the pandemic happened. And we had always been doing things digitally and with outreach and apps and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't really understand why. You know, when we were in this city, we were the first church to go on Fox. And we were on UPN. Who remembers UPN? We were on UPN, which became My 20. And we we were on. We we were were the highest rated Christian television program in the city. We were the highest rated because we were the only. And we began to do that, and, and, and I was like, we got to do something different. I said, this is not effective. This is not efficient. This costs too much, and we're not able to really quantify that our reach is being effective. And I said, it's good that everywhere I go, people know. I go to the subway. They say, hey, Bishop. That's nice, but I said, I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it so that people can come to the Lord. And so we began to do this global locations thing, and the Lord said, so it'll make sense after a while. Can I help some of you? Things may not make sense when you obey, but he's going to make sure they make sense after a while. Jesus literally tells his disciples one day, he says, guys, what I'm doing now, you do not understand. He says, but you're going to get it later. Can I tell some of you all, watch me, starting today is your later. Whatever you didn't understand you had to go through, you had to deal with, you had to process before. God's about to make it clear to you now. Just for those of you that still have some question marks in your life, of why did I go through this? Why did I move here? Why did I date them? Why did I marry them? Why was I over here? Why was I over there? Open your mouth to make this declaration and say, it's about to make sense for me. So this of locations things literally means this, so wherever you are, we are. Wherever you are, we are wherever you are on your phone, we are. Wherever you are on your computer, we are. Wherever you are on your iPhone, we are. Wherever you are struggling to get the connection on your Android. Because I know it's still circling. We are. On Clubhouse, we are. On TikTok, we are. Wherever you are, we are. And this is important because 16 years ago, hear me, church, I was not dealt a good hand when we started from scratch. And can I be honest with you? The hand has never become good. The Lord said, son, I want you to do something. I said, here? You want me to do it here? Okay, then certainly you're going to give me what I need to do it here. And sometimes, just like you, just like me, God is going to say, do something, and you're literally going to say, with this, you want me to make a miracle out of this. But what did he tell us? We're going to do greater things. So what did he do? Jesus literally, he says, "Uh, uh, he's got these thousands of people there, 5,000 men plus women and children. So it was 15,000 plus people. And Jesus was done preaching. He was done healing for the day. And uh, like all good church folk, they wanted to eat. Come on, look at the neighbor and say, you know you'd be hungry after church. You'd have been- you could have ate a buffet before church and after church. Well, we about to go eat. Check any restaurant. Watch no, me. And after church, you're going to see somebody that looked like they just came from church. Right? So they were ready to eat. And as they were ready to eat, As they were ready to eat, um, they said, well, Lord, send them away. We don't have what we need to take care of this need. And for some of you all, you're looking at your life and you're saying, I don't have what I need to take care of this need. And God says, no, 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 no. Tell me what you have. They said, well, what we have isn't even ours. Pay attention. What we have is there's a little boy with a lunch. He's got two, watch me, it's a little boy's lunch. He ain't no grown man. He ain't no baby. Which means he's got a lunchable. Y'all not saying that to me. He's got a lunchable, and it's not even one of the big lunchables. It's one of them small square ones. It's not a rectangle one. It's a square lunchable. Come on, who knows about the difference between the rectangle and the square lunchable? Come on. He's got this lunchable. And Jesus said, okay, 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 this is all we have? Pay attention. This all we have? Guess what? This is all we need. Uh-uh. Some of you are going to get it. Some of you going to get it in a moment. Is, is this all you have to work with? God says, Well, then that's all you need. See, if you do not have what you think you need, then you don't need what it is that you think you need. He says, We're going to take this little boy's lunch. He said, Bring me the lunch. Bring me the I'm sure Jesus is looking at him like, Yeah, I know. You know, his mama packed it for him, and and he was on this journey, but you already know he was eating off the lunchable. Because how many of y'all know while you was on that bus on your way to school, you would open up that, come on, don't look at me like I'm the only one. You'd open it up just to get a little sampling of what you were going to have later on. Thank you, I got two witnesses. I got three honest people. I I just want to make sure the ham is going to taste like ham when I have it. You ready? He says, this is what I'm going to use to do a miracle. And I'm going to feed, watch me, grown men and grown women and children. I'm going to feed them with this little that you have. Y'all not listening. He says, I'm not going to give you a good hand. But with the hand I give you, you're about to see a miracle oh my god i'm trying to help some of y'all stop complaining about what you have and where you're at and what you're going through because god says with what you have i'm gonna take a bad hand and show you how to play that thing well i'm gonna take where you're at what you're doing where you live your experience your mess ups your screw ups i'm gonna take it all and i'm gonna work a miracle can you look over at somebody and say he's gonna use what you have to give you what you need And it's going to be a miracle. I feel a praise break right there. If you know God can take a bad hand and turn a bad hand into a miracle, I just need you to worship God for three seconds right there. Two fish and five loaves. Two fish and five loaves. You know why I like two fish and five loaves? Say say two fish and five loaves. You know why I like that? Maybe some of y'all will catch how prophetic this is. Maybe some of you all will catch how prophetic this is. Maybe some of you will catch how prophetic this is. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But for me, this thing just hit me like a ton of bricks. Two fish. Two means witness. Five is the biblical number of grace, favor, and supernatural. It just dawned on me that today is five. I don't like the way some of y'all are looking at me. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, I'm in my two and five. I'm about to witness grace, favor, supernatural. I'm about to see it for myself. Make sure you sit next to somebody else's faith that's on ten. Look at them and say, we're about to see it together. Say a door is about to open. An opportunity about to come. Keys are about to be put in your hand. Look at me. Now that there just hit me. Look at me. Now, Now pay attention. He takes this bad hand and they play it well. I think about year one where I have to take the hand that I'm dealt. Nobody helped us. Nobody gave us anything. Nobody supported us in any way an organization that I'm now a leader in looked at me like I was a joke. Be careful who you step over. I feel bad for the people who treated you like you were nothing. Because back then they didn't want you, but watch your second half. You about to be so hot. You about to be so hot. You better blow, you better blow, you better blow me off. You one, I'm Delta's ham and We start this church, and we start on Saturday nights. And at the first service we have, and this is pre-streaming, the first service we have over 100 folks. And then the second week we have seven. We had so many is because I invited every dancer, every singer, and I had people on that day make me promises. Bishop, God's called me to you. People that I haven't seen again. I had to take that. I remember the first offering was $538. All right, I gave more than half of that. First off, $538, it costs us $250 a week to use the place that we were in. But I, but, but, but listen, wait a minute, go up, oh, wait a minute, come on, two and five, wait a minute, I didn't even catch that until now. You better pay attention, God plays the numbers. And so we're on Saturday nights, and so we're doing Saturday nights, and then we have crazy situations that happen. And I go through a situation that my number two at that time literally tries to have a coup d'etat and overthrow the church. And when you're a brand new church, you can't have an overthrown church because you ain't got enough church to overthrow. (laughs) That individual who was my number two literally got a couple that was part of our church when we first started. They had sown $1,000 one weekend. And when you're a brand new church, $1,000 is like a million. I was like, oh, my God, do you know we're going to be able to do this and this and this? And And I come from the business world, and I was also in ministry at the same time. And so I was used to doing well. I was used to succeeding. and, And literally to get a yes out of me. God shuts down the entire industry that I'm in. I watch it over the weekend. I'm looking at CNN and the industry that I'm in, I watch that entire industry collapse after I just opened a brand new office and hired over 75 people for that office. And then that Friday, I'm, I'm thinking, this is amazing. That Monday, I'm like, oh, y'all got to go. <laughs> this is your last check, this is your last check, this your last check. Because the industry totally collapsed and I look back on it and I say, God, why would you let that happen to me? I said, I'm a faithful giver. I serve faithfully. He said, son, because you would have never given me your yes. And yes, I pushed you. Now, for some of you, can I tell you, there are circumstances in your life that God says, I need to push you to get a yes out of you, which means I'll shut it down until I get your yes. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some of you, you keep fighting the fight. You keep fighting the change. You keep fighting what's coming against you. And could it be that God's using what's against you in order to get a yes out of you? I never would have given them a yes. I was doing amazingly well in business. I never would have given them a yes. I would have given them a, a yeah. A yeah. So then, that's 2006. Then, in 2007, we said, okay, we're going, we're going to go to Sunday mornings. We we're on Saturday nights. And I was like, people in Denver barely come to church's ears. So I said, let's we got to have church on a regular church time. I said, because they are not filling this Saturday night church. And I said, truth be told, I ain't either. Listen. Um. So then we go to Sunday mornings. That very first Sunday. There's, there's people that are in this building, people that are watching online, that were there at that very first Sunday. We were at a school that they told us had air. They lied. Because it would literally, I, I knew I'm not going to hell. Because if this is anywhere close to what hell feels like, this is not going to work. I'm the type, listen, I need the air on. If I even sense that I think I might get hot, turn that air on. So the very first Sunday, we switched to Sundays. We got state representatives and all this kind of stuff coming in, and it's a blizzard. I got to the building early to walk through setup, and and, and as we walked through setup, our original sound man is in this, he's in this building right now. He don't serve anymore. He's our original sound man. You know how I taught him how to do sound? On the spot. I said, do this, do this, do this, do this. You know how I figured it out? On the spot. Let me, let me help some of y'all. You keep telling God what you can't do, and when you're in it, he'll show you what to do. Come on. Can I get you to say this with me? I got to move fast. Uh, say, Lord, show me what to do with where I'm at. I had no clue. We just bought it and took it out of the box, and I said, come on. And they sitting here twiddling and fitching and all that and all this. I just said, do 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 When I drove to the building, the weather was good. When I came back, it was a blizzard. Y'all know how it does. Thursday, it was 91 here. Friday morning, you woke up. Alexa talking about, it's a weather winter alert. Put a coat on. It's cold out there. So the very first day, watch me, that I do what God told me to do, which was a shift to Sundays. We've invested money. We've invested resources. We've invested time. This is pre-streaming. The very first day, a storm comes. When I do what I was told to do, a storm comes. Can I help some of y'all get excited? The storm may not mean you're going in the right direction. The storm may mean I'm finally doing exactly what I'm supposed to. Listen, we know how to give God praise for the good stuff. I want to know in this building and online who can thank God for the storm. So then that year we have to move because when when it comes summertime, it literally gets hot. It was hotter in the building. And, and this was pre-casual church. So, so I was in suits and my business attire every week, and I would lose. That's how, that's how I started my weight loss journey. And I'd be up here preaching. And then, listen, I was doing praise and worship and preaching. So I was leading from the keyboard. I was running the band, and then people would get up and, and hug one another. I'd run over to my seat. I'd sit down for a few seconds, sip on that water, and then get right back up and make it happen. I said, God, th- th- this is a whole lot. For one man, but watch me, but I'm going to do what you told me to do. How I feel about it doesn't matter. Matter of fact, I'll make myself feel good about it. You got to be like the Apostle Paul sometimes, I think myself happy, which means even though it's not fair that I have to do this, that, 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 and for some of you, can I be honest, it's not fair some of what you're dealing with right now, but don't worry about it not being fair, I need you to focus on your favor, what does that mean, it's not fair, but I'm favored to do it, I need all of the favored people to just say, but I'm favored to handle it, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, so we go one, so we go two, then we got to go. Then we go to another place. Then that school goes under construction. Then we go to another, but we're still growing. And we're still growing. And then, and then we move forward. And then we move forward. And then one day, we're in another school. And then we're in this other school. The school says, they called me on a Friday morning and says, listen, the principal doesn't know that there's a, a, a church here. And she don't want a church here. And so she gets the final say. I found out she don't work there no more. Be careful who you come against. I pray that whoever is trying to sabotage you. That God sabotaged them. Y'all not gonna say nothing. So see the one church there. So that Friday morning. So we're getting out, we're driving around. Where's where's they Go he over there somewhere. We're, we're driving, we're driving around. As we're driving around, we're trying to find where we're gonna go. Because I'm like, we're building this church, I'm building it in Denver, I'm giving God a yes. I didn't want to give him a yes. I resisted a yes, and we're doing this. And they said we find a hotel. we like, okay, cool. We're gonna go to this hotel. While we're in this hotel, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. This is great. And the lady said, "Now you can't have church on this day, this day, this day. I said, baby, baby, bye. I, I, I said, no, you can't have church. This is not YouTube. There's no apps. There's none of that that exists. I said, you can't build a church and not have church. For some of you, sometimes, you ready for me? This is going to make me shout, and I probably have to close right here. You ready? And sometimes God will back you against the wall. And you're like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to deal with this? Because he wants you to see that he's still a miracle worker. For everybody, where you got some areas of your life where you feel like you're backed up against the wall, can I tell you, you're in a good position. Because they didn't back you up against the wall, they backed God up against the wall. And baby, if you back God up against the wall, you're about to see him do something miraculous. So long story short. I'm driving past this place at this particular place and as I drive past that place I see some of you heard me tell this piece I see this uh, this sign and the Lord says call these people and I'm like God okay and I was on my way to Popeyes this is before I got in all this healthy stuff if you look at some of the old videos you can see the difference uh, but, but watch me I call this guy and this guy when he, when he answers the phone he's speaking Korean and so I just hang up the phone in anger because I'm like sir I bye I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what you're saying. You don't know what I'm saying. Bye. The Holy Ghost says, call him a second time. For some of you, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. There are certain things that last week didn't work. Matter of fact, there's a few of you in this building online where last week you were told, no, not happening. I'm going to need you to go back this week. Who am I talking to? I'm going to need you to try it a second time. Because when I called him the second time, you want to know what happens? The first time he's speaking Korean, I do not understand him. So out of anger and frustration, because I've been looking all day and I need an answer. I need an answer now. And I call him back the second time. I don't hear Korean. I don't hear tongues. I don't hear Spanish. I don't hear French. I don't hear Portuguese. You know what he says? Hello. Which means God needed to make sure that I would not let a no stop me. Y'all, I'm running out of time. But I just need to encourage somebody at this 915. No does not mean never. And no just means not this way. Can I get you to touch somebody's shoulder next to you and say don't stop at no. Tell them, say keep going until you get a yes. And the promises of God, what does the Bible say? They are yes and amen. Which means it ain't God until I got a yes. It's not mine until I got a yes. So I, with an attitude, I say to him, do you have space for a church? Oh, yes, 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 yes we have space. I said, how much? Where is it? He says, that, that Monday, a church just left, and they had disappeared. They didn't know they were leaving. He says, we don't even have the keys because, because they left so quickly, which means had I gotten that call at the wrong time, See, it looked last minute to me, but it was strategic to God. Because had I got that call too early and made that call to that facility too early, I mean, what would have happened is that I would have gotten the answer no. And I would have said, well, there's no opening for us there, so we can't go there. So God waited and did everything. Somebody say he's into the details. He waited. Now, 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 now. then all of a sudden, that door opens. And you move forward, another door opens. And so we've, we've been here but all throughout this time, God, the truth is, while the table may have looked nice, the kitchen was brutal. <laughs> See, the dining room can look good, doesn't it look wonderful? It looks marvelous. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody got there. It looks marvelous. <laughs> but the kitchen, I said, God, I said, God. I told the Lord I didn't want to be a pastor. And I didn't want to be a pastor because I know how some sheep are. Not you, but somebody you know, they're a biter. What do you mean they're a biter? See, sheep bite. And sometimes they will literally bite the hand. The job of the shepherd is to feed. So they will literally sometimes bite the hand that is feeding. And so throughout this time, I can't tell you the number of times that I had to say to the Lord, Lord, are you sure? Lord, do you want me to keep going? Look, see, I'm trying to tell some of y'all, because see, you see people's this on social media, but you don't see how rough the kitchen was. There are people who look at your life now, and they look at your life and they're like, oh, you got it made, you got it together. If you had any clue what my kitchen had to look like, To prepare my meal. But can I encourage some of y'all? Look at the screen. Psalm 23.5 says this. You prepare a table for me. Come on here. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. So in all of this, we've seen God do amazing things. If you look at a glance and somebody's saying we're just getting started. We've seen God do some amazing things. Look at this. 1,326 books given away, 3,793 recorded decisions, 134,000 articles of clothing given away, six books, almost 4,000 back. See, watch me. We're celebrating what we gave. I need you to stop judging your life based on what you got. And I need you to start judging your efficacy based on what you gave. Come on, open your mouth and say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. In that time, we launched the Harvest Leadership Network. Over 100 pastors and businesses that are connected to us. Five, including our digital locations. 21 new six and seven figure earners created. Over 200, and that's just this year. 205,740 pounds of food given away. Six Harvest Worship singles released. 30 bikes given away. Launched Harvest Bible College Online. Gave away over $512,000 to. And I need you to make this declaration. Say, and we're just getting started. Because no matter what challenge came against us, despite warfare, what have we done? What have we done? What are we going to continue to do? We persist and we prevail. Make that declaration. Say, we persist and we prevail. Second thing, I'm almost done. So I need you to see harvest. And I need you to know, I need you to know that we're just getting started. Number two, I need you to serve Harvest. Matthew 16, 18, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. What is Jesus building? His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, that's interesting. He says, you are Peter. He says, but I'm building my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Watch me. You plus it equals the church. There's a, there's a biblical word, ecclesia, it's on the screen. It means a called out people, and we're in this hybrid world. That's a matter of fact, we changed the whole definition of who we are because we're on campus and online, but there are more of us online than there are on campus. In fact, there's not a building that could fit the volume of who we are where you include who we are online. Why am I telling you that? Not for any other reason except to say, watch me, say, I'm part of it. I'm part of it. See, the Bible says, uh, watch me, that we it's called out people people on campus and online it's not a called out person okay you're missing it what's me which means 915 we're a movement not a monument limited to a building i'll say it again we're a movement not a monument limited to a building can i tell some of you all what if god wanted to use you to change the entire strategy of a thing You're so fixated on it, it has to be this, it has to be that. But what if God wanted you to be the first entrepreneur in your bloodline that says, I know you do this and you do that and I'm not knocking that. But you're a job getter, I'm a job creator. I don't know who I'm talking to. Nothing's nothing's wrong with any one of them. But what if you were sent to change the game? I need you to speak life over somebody next to you. Tell them, say, you're the game changer. Say it again, say, you're the game changer. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, it says, excel in building up the what? The church. So this is what Jesus was building, and Jesus said that we should excel, the word says rather, and we should excel in building what he's building. See, I don't know about you, but if this is what God is building, then I want to be a part of what he's building. I don't want to be building my own thing. Remember, we talked about this. How in Genesis, um, they were building a city and a tower, and they were doing it to make their names great. God says, but I'm not into building what you're building. So instead of trying to do my own thing, I need to do his thing, because if I do his thing, he'll bless my thing. Let me see if I can say it this way. If you take care of God's house, God's going to make sure he takes care of. Okay, some of y'all didn't know the answer. If you take care of God's house, God's going to make sure he takes care of. Psalm 92, 13. Got to go fast. Look at me. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, hybrid, on campus and online. Because let me say, well, I'm not there in Denver. I'm not there soon to be in Atlanta. I'm not there soon to be Miami. I'm, I'm not there. Oh, Atlanta's not the end. Atlanta's just next. It's those who are planted in the house, on campus, or online, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And for some of you, that QR code is on that screen for you. Because watch me, you watch, but you're not planted. You stream, but you're not planted. And I'm not beating you up for that. I'm just saying, when I, when I find where I belong, whoosh, let me get planted. Because when I lay down roots, I can begin to grow like I've never grown before. And when I, w- I want to invite some of you, you already know harvesters, your family, you know I am your shepherd. And so it's time for you to connect so that when, why? when you connect, you can begin to serve. For some of you, this is your answer to prayer. You're like, what should I do? I just answered it for you. Number three, you ready? We're going to shout in a minute. Seek others to connect to harvest. Say we're better together. You're not just saved from something. You're saved for something. And consequently, the statistics say that 90% of people who become Christians, they fall away within two years. You know why people fall away? They fall away because they never actually sow what they need. What do you mean by that? See, how can I be hopeful if I never sow hope into anybody else? How can I ever bounce back if I don't sow bouncing back into somebody else? Bible, in the book of Acts, it talks about a man named Philip. Philip was one of the deacons, servants. Somebody say he served. And when he served, Bible makes it clear that there's this man named Stephen. Stephen dies. They're mourning his death. And in the morning of his death, Philip goes and he begins to preach the gospel in a city. And the Bible says that that whole city is turned upside down. Pay attention. He bounces back from the grief of the loss of his friend by sowing what he needed. And for some of you all, you keep saying, Lord, I need this. Can I tell you the answer to your prayer? I'm going to sow this. Because whatever I need to receive, I first need to release. So question, who's saved because of you? Who knows the Lord because of you? Because we live in a, can I be honest? We live in a generation of selfish Christianity. Me, myself, and I. All you gotta do is, is all all you gotta do, let me start talking about haters right now. Come on, Bishop! Let me say who knows the Lord because of you. And here's the thing, if your shepherd was a punk, he'd be scared of that. I ain't scared of you. A punk, I mean bounce back, you know, fall back, but you need to push forward. You ready? Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Look at me, on your job, look at me, you're an ambassador there. At the grocery store, you're an ambassador there. At the mall, you're an ambassador there. At the Apple store, you're an ambassador there. There's an android spirit over there. I ain't trying to be in there. It's blocking my flow. Oh, it's over here too? The devil is trying to attack me on both sides. Jesus. I'm just playing, y'all. Have fun in church. I'm just playing. Have fun in church. Have fun in church. Have fun in church. You ready? Wherever you go, you're an ambassador. Look at me. In your family, you're an ambassador. That's why many of you feel strange around your own. Because you're an ambassador to your own. You're an ambassador to your own family. You're an ambassador to people you come in contact with. What is an ambassador? An ambassador represents the interest of the nation they're from. Which means, watch me. Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you, ordained you, a prophet to the nations. Which means you existed before you ever had a body. Which means life exists before conception. Which means you had to be here. Because you were sent here on an assignment to be an ambassador. And when I come to the earth, I represent heavens agenda in the earth not mine I represent God's agenda you ready say I'm an ambassador God is making his appeal look at the verse through you so God says I need you to do what you do in such a way that you can win people and like Saint Francis of Assisi I like this quote he says he says preach the gospel and only when necessary use your words which means I can catch more with how I live and I can catch more with what I do than just what I say and I'm so glad, watch me that you know you're an ambassador how do you know? because maybe your words didn't come out right maybe you didn't do everything right but people can look at your life and say I know that there's a God are there any miracles in this building and online line where you can say I know that I know that I know that my life reflects that he is my life reflects that He is. Because when they look at you, they see a miracle. When they look at you, they see breakthrough. Yes, when they look at you, they see somebody that was never supposed to make it, but you made it. Y'all, we got to go. But watch me, just with your voices, for those of you that know that your life, look at what the scripture says, is making an appeal. And pleading to people, see, they can fight with you all day, atheists, agnostics, this, that, and the other. But what you can't deny is that I'm a living, walking, talking, breathing. I don't need a Bible. I got my own life. Which means even if I didn't have the word to tell me that it is, and I'm glad that I do, all you got to do is look at my life and see that God is making his appeal through me. Every survivor put a praise right there. Just your voices. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Your life is making an appeal. Your life is preaching to somebody. Shouldn't have made it, but you made it. Shouldn't have lost your mind, but you didn't. Should have gave up, but you didn't. Should have committed suicide, but you're still here. And your next 12 are about to be your. We gotta go. We speak for Christ. Look at me. To every person says, When is God gonna do something? He did. It's called you. What is God going to do about what's going on in America? He already did something. It's called you. But if you don't get off your blessed assurance, assurance, assurance. I want to say what I want to say, but I ain't going to say what I want to say because it's too early. Most Christians are waiting on Jesus, and Jesus, like, for what? What are you waiting on me for when I'm speaking through you and you're not going to win people to me by judging them, by condemning them, by marching against them? Y'all ain't going to say nothing by tearing them down, by gossiping against them. But you're not going to, you're preaching. For, you, you don't represent your interest. We represent his interests. When is God going to do something about what's going on in the world? He did. It's called you. It's called us. It's called we. And we are better together. Here's what we're pleading. Come back to God. Come back to God. It's on the screen. Come back to God. Why does it say come back to God if people never knew him? It's because they did. Jeremiah chapter 1, before he formed you, which means even if you choose to deny him, he still formed you. See, the reason people are coming back to God is because before they got a body, they were with God. And God says, I need you to literally be my representation. You are not sitting at that dinner table to just eat. You are there because there's going to be somebody that's going to come up to serve you. And you're supposed to then serve them. See how quiet it gets? Because then you're supposed to call them back to God. So number one, I need you to see harvest. Number two, I need you to serve harvest. Number three, to seek others to connect with harvest. And here's the last one. It's only four and we're out. Y'all good? Support your shepherd. Somebody say we're better together. Jeremiah 23 and 4, this is important because most pastors never do this. And I learned a long time ago, one, I don't want to be like most. Um, I want to be me. And, and, but then number two, I, I realized that if you don't teach people how to support you, they will do what they think they're supposed to. Some of y'all are mad at people knocking, like, so-and-so don't support me. You never taught them how you needed support. Here's where you made a mistake. You thought that they were like you and that they would know what you needed. Look at somebody next to you say, teach me how to support you. And see, if they didn't say nothing to you, bump them, say it to somebody else. Say, teach me how to support you. Teach me. Teach me how to do it. Teach me, teach me. Teach me how to support you. Because for some, all they need you is to just be there. They don't need you talking. They don't need you coming in trying to run Nothing. For some of you parents with adult children, you, you watch me, you need to ask them how to support you. Because when you show up, you try to take over. Okay, y'all move the table over here. Move the, and, your, and your son and daughter, if she don't go sit down, we don't need all of that. You ready? You walking in, in their bedroom talking about, pick these clothes up. Girl, she's 47. <laughs> them am closing up because she don't want them up. You have to teach people how to support you most shepherds never teach people how to support them how do you know the statistics tell us look 1700 pastors quit monthly 50 percent of those who still do it and there's 350 some thousand churches in america want to quit you never know because when you're the shepherd you don't have the luxury 70 percent seven out of ten pastors while they preach and hope to you, go home to be depressed. Somebody say, God. Uh, that's a southern colloquialism. What pastors are telling you, don't get in the spirits. <laughs> pastors, lawyers, and doctors struggle with the highest levels of drug abuse, Alcoholism and suicide. People who use their lives to help people are the ones that sometimes struggle to get help themselves. And don't look at that like, that's crazy. Have you looked at your hairdresser's hair? No, I just need to keep it 100 because you are like, my God. Have you looked at your nail text nails? While she's trying to get your nails together, you're like, baby, you need to swap seats with me. People who clean homes do not mean they have a clean house. People who give therapy may need therapy. <laughs> you got what I'm saying? Just because you're a good mechanic don't mean your car ain't tow up. Look around the back of the mechanic shop next time. And you're going to see all the mechanics cuz You're like, God, no, you can go over here Nat." You need to take some time off and work on your own. It's just a principle. Just a principle. Just a principle. Sometimes people try to give you the most marriage advice out of the worst marriages. That's why they can give you advice. (laughs) All right, look at this 85% of shepherds say their greatest problem is problem people. Huh? <laughs> so so here's, here's what we do. Say we're better together. You have to cover who covers you in prayer. And you have to bless who blesses you. Why? Mark 14, 27. Here's what the Bible says. If you strike the shepherd, sheep will scatter. And here's what often happens. And we've seen it happen in this city. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Because there's a spirit... Even over this region, that would desire to take down shepherds. We've seen it over and over and over and over on social media. And here's the reality my question isn't about the shepherd, my question is about the sheep. Did you bless who blessed you? Did you cover who covered you? How do you do that? In prayer. Did you do that? Somebody said we're better together. Here's my assignment. We're done. I'm gonna end like this because I'm out of time. I promise I'll try to get it all out at the M15. In my mind, when I prep these messages, I get to where I'm going much quicker. You ready? Jeremiah 23:4. Here's my assignment. This is an, I will give you shepherds over them who will feed them. Hear me, harvest for 16 years. I have been faithful to feeding. I've not fed you somebody else's, and I'm not bragging on me. I'm just, where's the lie? Facts. No cap. Y'all Google that, because some of you are like, I don't have a hat on, Bishop. Google it. (laughs) I don't even like hats. It's a sunny day. Google it. (laughs) You ready? For 16 years, I have fed. And fed. I have not missed one Sunday. I have not missed one Wednesday. I have not missed one prayer. If I wasn't here, I was still here because I pre-recorded. All I'm saying is, I have been faithful to feed. He says, and then here's what happens for you. You'll fear no more. Say, I release fear. You won't be dismayed. Say, I release dismay. Here's this last one where you shout and say, I release lack of any kind. Come on, put that, put that in the atmosphere say, of any kind. I'm not just talking about material things. You won't lack peace. You won't lack joy. You won't lack strength. The Bible says together, we're better together. So my job is to feed you. But when I feed you, your fear got to go. When I feed you God's word, your dismay has to go. When I feed you, your lack has to go. Today, for some of you, and this is going to really begin a sequence of messages to end this series and start our next series. Our June series, I'll go ahead and tell you now, normally I like to wait. It's called Daddy Issues. For some of you, that's not a natural thing. For some of you, there's some issues, right? Yeah. Hear me. Hear me clearly. Tonight, this morning rather, if you're not a Christian, today's your day. He says, if you believed that you would do greater things, and you become a Christian, number one. Number two, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Number three, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure wherever you at, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure on the count of three, wherever you're at in this building you're going to raise your hand online you're going to do the hand movie emojis. Say said to me one no guilt no condemnation no shame. he loves you we love you every background nobody is excluded everybody is included somebody say i'm included two god's coming to get you don't miss your moment in this building and online three if that's you put that hand up you need to become a christian recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. Online do that hand wavy emoji just say it's me. I've got digital ambassadors on every platform that are waiting on you. Everybody in the sake of the interest of moving quickly say this to me. Say Father thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess in my mouth I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. Father you said greater things than you did I would do. I can do them because we do them. We're better together. We're an army. We're a movement, not a monument. And we're just getting started. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to scan that QR code on the screen if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or you're recommitting yourself to the Lord?
1: Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Company gets scammed phishing emails trying to get money or sensitive info. I wanted to protect my employees and my clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. First, teach employees to recognize and report phishing. Next, require strong passwords plus multi factor authentication. And finally, turn on automatic updates for your business software. To learn more, go to CISA at cisa.gov forward
1: slash secureourworld.